following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> No professional radio studio, but this is um, this is pretty nice. A man caved it up pretty good. This is surrounded by memorabilia. You've got old school video games. This is pretty sweet. Yeah, nice just... digs. We can put some baffling on the walls. I think if we uh, we're a little too echoey, but we'll we'll see about that in post production. Yeah. You made a nice investment, sir. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I, very well, nice. I, luckily, I didn't have to really invest in any of the no. memorabilia stuff. Right. It's kind of stuff that I had either hanging around the house elsewhere or, or kind of boxed up, and I just kind of, you know, brought it's it all VHS out. Things and, uh, they're all de- some old DVDs. and South Park. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Got, a, got a, lot of, a lot of randomness in, in the, in the studio here. This is so. nice. Yeah. Hey, it is the intentional foul, and I'm not on the phone. This is great. Yeah. Josh and Dan not having to rely on a studio anymore, and uh, now we can do it in the comfy confines of the the Dan Saunders basement, which is fine. Yeah, one thing I got to do, it it, it does get a little toasty in this room. A little bit. I got the window open, but maybe once uh, once this little humidity wave goes away will be a little better but all right well, well football season has returned and apparently so have i good timing i think i might just take the summers off yeah it's all right I don't, you know after all the games that i have to do and that that's that might be just my natural break so you can probably find a replacement for me for three months sure. that might turn into something permanent so uh good job in the interim keeping the stuff alive definitely appreciate that but we are back and we are talking football Mostly because the NFL season is going to start on Thursday. Yeah. Thank God the preseason is done. Do you guys come out unscathed pretty much? Have you checked about injuries and stuff? Yeah. I mean, uh, the the injuries that they have were kind of uh, pre-existing going in. Sure. You know, uh, Anthony Miller, one of the wideouts, has been nicked up. Um, hasn't participated a lot. Trey Burton is still kind of recovering from a sports hernia last year, and now I read that's, that's something. Long. Yeah, and I read something today. I think he's got a, a muscle issue with, with one of his legs, okay. but you know, other than that, nothing, nothing major. That's so good. That's, that's nice. That's good. Yeah. No, the outside of the out of the linebacker pectoral injury for uh, for Oren Burks, who's now a second year with a with a long term injury. I mean, the, what did I read today? The Packers are going to be going in with two healthy inside linebackers into week one with the Bears. And I was reading a little bit on Twitter today from uh, Coach LaFleur's comments on Labor Day. And like, yo, we're going to have a scenario of that. We got a plan for every scenario. And I, I want to know exactly what that plan is because well, they, I'm not really comfortable with whatever he's <laughs> talking about. Well, they could have a third one. According to crybaby Clay Matthews, I mean seriously, are we gonna have, are we gonna have to listen to that guy all year, bitch, about the fact that the Packers didn't want him? Now I'll be really curious to see if he joins the ranks of Greg Jennings and some of the other people who have just been like they didn't want me back. It's been disrespectful, and we'll see if after he's out of the league, he comes back just to talk shit about the Packers. <laughs> I I mean, I I think he's just. 
I don't even think he's mad. I think he's just wounded. His feelings hurt. are hurt. I mean, he is a he is a you know a, 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 well a woman. So Madonna. I mean, so it's understandable that he has hurt feelings. <laughs> but uh, I think the Packers probably made the right decision in moving on. Yeah. But you he know, time will tell. He said he didn't like playing that position anyway. Well, he wanted to rush the pass, even though he was very effective and he was very fast and he could cover some tight ends. That's not what he wanted to do. He wanted to get after the quarterback. Well, when you prove that you can't do it for the money that they're paying you. Why are we going to have you around if you don't want to pay any play any other positions? Well, it's a fair question. That's, I, I know, don't understand. But that. then you can't complain that you're not there anymore no. when you're unwilling to to do what maybe would have kept you there. I'm sure, he'd, he'd be willing, but then he'd be miserable. And then what fun is that? So why even bother? Well, heaven forbid anybody was in an uncomfortable position, right, Andrew Luck? Ooh. Mm, yeah. I think we covered that last <laughs> week. All right, where do you want to start? Well, um... Let's start with week one, and then we can kind of get into our, our full season predictions. Okay. Um, you know, we got a handful of interesting games. Obviously, the one Thursday night, yeah. we're about 75 hours away from, mm-hmm. from kickoff, Bears and Packers. Um, I've had a lot of mixed feelings about this game. Um, I don't know if I like playing the Packers week one. And I don't know that I like playing them week one in Chicago. I usually like that game to be later in the year when the weather's crappier okay. um, to allow the the Bear defense to kind of um, have a little bit of an advantage. But at the same time, maybe it is good to get the Packers early when they're still kind of trying to figure things out. You haven't had any of their starters have, have even played yet. No. So um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure where I stand on this. I mean, it's it's cool uh, Packers and Bears are starting off the Hunter season uh, Thursday night. Normally, that's like a like a Super Bowl rematch yeah, or a right. conference or championship a conference rematch. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. I got mixed emotions on it. I guess I, don't <laughs> I, know. I totally agree with you on the the fact that nobody has done anything. And I read some Rogers comments either today or yesterday. If we don't do really really well, it's not because none of us have had any preseason snaps. If we do play really well, it's not because none of us have had any preseason snaps. He says it's just because we're going to be well prepared or we weren't that ready to play. So it's, I mean, he's not, again, he's been completely dismissive of playing any snaps in the preseason against any other jerseys other than green or gold or white or whatever they wear in, in practice. So it's, he's just said that preseason essentially doesn't matter for the purposes of getting prepared for the regular season, which again, I said this last week. I don't understand how that's possible. I don't know anything that happens at the pro level. I don't know what you can take from those preseason games. I, I just don't understand how you can say we're, we, we've been playing against our own players for the sum of about a month and a half, and you think you're ready to go against the team that you're essentially going to be competing in the division for the for the division title. Yeah, I mean, if you know, and I'm sure Rodgers... Is, you know he's Rogers. He's picking apart his defense because he probably knows what they're doing, and right. and the defense knows maybe less about what the offense is doing, so they're in an advantage. I don't know, man. It's uh, as far as the time of year that you met, I it doesn't matter to me. No, it, it, it doesn't. I mean, I'm glad that there's one at the beginning, and then there's one towards the end. Mm-hmm. That that's fine. Sure. I'm you know usually when you get some sort of a murderer's row by week, and I ha- I don't have the Packers um, schedule in front of me, but around. Around the around the bye, you get just a, some games that I mean, what was it last year? There was like two yeah, they had away, a bunch of road home, games, yeah. And then the home was, I think, 
was it the Viking? I can't remember who the home game was, but then the two away were just, I mean, it was across they the country. They were at Seattle. Yeah. And, yeah. and St. Louis, I think. Or not St. Louis. Um, LA Rams, was yep, in there. Yep. So it's just like, geez, can you catch a break? So I, I don't mind that it's that's it, it's in the beginning and then the end of the season. That's that's fine with me. Well, we'll we'll see. Um, you know, I, people are talking Super Bowl for your team. How uh, how are you on that? There's a lot of money being put down. Yeah, I, we talked about that a little bit with Trubisky and his MVP odds last week. I mean, I when I was in Vegas in March, I threw some money on the Bears just because they're my team. Um, I I mean, I think that they're a playoff team, and I think anymore if you're a playoff team that makes you a quote unquote contender because. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen in the NFL, but I think they're at best the third best team in the NFC. Okay, um, at best, right. I think that you know, looking at their schedule, um, I think they're going to. I do not think they will win as many games as they did last year. Last year they went twelve and four. No, I, I, would say I, I don't right think that's that. going to happen playing a first place schedule. Um, I don't know. I think I think the division is going to be better than it was last year. I think. Uh, the Packers will be. I don't. I don't know that they'll be considerably better, but they will be better. I think Minnesota will be better. So um, I don't know. I, I I'm cautiously optimistic with the Bears. It all boils down to their quarterback at the end of the day. You know, I don't see any reason why he won't make some strides. Um, you know, he improved from year one to year two. You would think he would improve two to three. Um, I don't think he's a forty touchdown guy. But I think if he can be a high 20s touchdown guy and then stay in that 10 to 14 interception range where you're, you know, if you're a two to one touchdown interception guy with a top five defense, Mm -hmm. I think you give yourself a pretty good chance. Okay, that's fine. We'll see. We have a um, we have a shindig going on on Thursday night. Uh, with some teammates at work, and they they have told me that well we're gonna they're gonna have the the Packers and Bears game on. It's like yeah, I'm gonna be getting in and getting out because there's no chance I'm watching this game with them. Oh no no no! You gotta, you, they'll be at the comfy confines for sure for of, sure. Of my own place, absolutely. I want to be able to you know if I want to yell at the TV and right. say some inappropriate shit, then I don't really want to have you know what your boss standing over your shoulder going, who's this yeah, guy? Wait, wait, what a psychopath! Is this, is this how he watches football? <laughs> Jesus. What a, a nutbag. Yeah, no, not not doing that. Well, other than that, we've got some interesting games here in week one. Just wanted to hit on. Yeah, sure. um, everybody's kind of on the Browns bandwagon this year. How can you not be, though? Well, I mean, you can say Because they went 7-9 and nine and they didn't well, beat anybody with a winning record all last year. That's fine. But, they're, I mean, for as much as that, that, that they've signed, for as much confidence as they have, I don't know about the new coach. Or anything like that, but I, I mean, I'm not ready to anoint them. They're going to be playing for the you know AFC title or anything. I'm not even going to crown them a division champion. Right. But I think there's a reason to be optimistic. I think there's a reason to be excited. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to downplay that. But at this, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm going to give the the pump the brakes lecture to anybody who's talking like, oh yeah, print your playoff tickets. No, right. We don't have to do that just yet. Well, they got a home game against Tennessee in Week One, which kind of an interesting. Uh, matchup there. I mean, Tennessee with Mariota now is kind of to the point where he's kind of got to shit or get off the pot. Yep. Like, are you going to be the guy or do we next year got to start thinking about a new quarterback? Cause I think this is year five or six for him. Um, they've made, I think the playoffs once or twice, they've been knocked out early and he's had a lot of injuries. So um, it'd be interesting to see which one of those teams can get off to a good start. Mm-hmm. 
Um, interesting one in the uh, division, uh, NFC North division. You got Atlanta at Minnesota, um, which I think are are two teams that are going to be in the mix for the playoffs. Well, I thought that last year. I thought Atlanta was going to be a really hot pick, and they were, they were just so banged garbage. up. They yeah. were so banged up last year, and and Minnesota again. I mean, Kirk Cousins, who are you? Are you eight and eight every year? Are I you just are you just that guy? I think that's who they signed again. I I didn't understand how you get rid of a guy who would take who took you to a division, a championship, and won you a boatload of games, and then think that you can replace him with somebody who's just had made a living out of him being a mediocre quarterback. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that. Now Case Keenum, no that. Again, you He wasn't your answer long no, long term. Not long term, but how do you dump a guy yeah. after he had the season that he had and where he took the team? Right. I don't understand how you can do that. So to me, the the, the Vikings got everything that was coming to them. In, yeah. In in this deal. And that they got a lot of talent on that roster. Yeah. They got a good defense. They've got two stud wideouts. They got a heck of a running back. They got a nice tight end. Um everything's there for that team to make a run. It's just whether or not Kirk Cousins can can make plays. Um, and Atlanta, I mean, again, that's that's a team that if they won 11, 12 games, I wouldn't fall off the chair. And if they went 6-10, and 10, I wouldn't either. So, yeah. But, I mean, that would be, oh, yeah, I, I can't even imagine them doing that doing that this year. I mean, the heads are going to have to roll in Atlanta for, for another, uh, you know, below average season. Yeah, you would think so. Um, you got the Rams at Carolina. Um, Cam's ankle going to be all right. That's, that's, that's another guy that you kind of look at and it's, he's, he's won an MVP. He's made a Super Bowl appearance, but I mean, how many more injuries can he, can he go through before he pulls an Andrew Luck? And he's just like, man, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got some hardware. I'm a borderline hall of famer based on stats. Um, is he going to talk to the media when he retires? I mean, I'm sure he'll wear a goofy ass hat and look like a 1970s pimp when he does it. But <laughs> you know, why why not? Um, Indy at the Chargers. Uh, be, it's going to be interesting to see how the Colts react to all of this. They uh, they are another team that has a really good roster. They have two former Patriot quarterbacks. Is, on the, on the, I mean, it's is like Brissett is, I, okay? I don't know. I don't know. Do you do you now just sign guys that are? I mean, this is basically what people did with the Belichick assistant coaches. Right. You sign the guys, and now you're seeing the people. You know, go after the Sean McVay assistants because of his success. It's like, well, if you're associated with him, therefore you have to be good. Right. And I I don't know whether that's going to be true or not. I mean, the Colts were actually supposed to be much improved this year. I don't know what what they were talking about for playoff aspirations or how far that they were going to go, but I don't uh, I didn't really see that and now with with Brissett at the helm, to me I wouldn't have I, I wouldn't predict anything about this team because it's just you just don't know. Um as far as the other team, the Chargers, now you got word this weekend that they're allowing Melvin Gordon to uh, per- seek permission to to go after a trade. So they don't want to pay him the money that they and I I saw that they were trying to pay him ten million a year and and he turned that down but he wants top three money or top five money or something like that and they said absolutely not and I read a tweet from one of the NFL guys that I follow he said shame on the team that gives Gordon everything that he wants because it's just there's no point in investing that much money in a running back these days Gordon is yes talented absolutely but as far as um, business sense it makes none. No, and he, 
Unfortunately, I think Melvin Gordon got bad advice from his agents and the people that are around him. The same same guys um, that represents Dak Prescott, do we know? Uh, that I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm it's, just making it's, a joke. Hey, it's entirely possible. <laughs> but yeah, you look at Gordon and I mean what I mean what is he the 8th, ninth, 10th best running Probably. back in football? Yeah. Um that's not a 15 million dollar player. And is he is he even <laughs> the, the most pivotal player on his team? No, no he's not. No. So um, they, yeah, they kind of, he's kind of backed himself into a corner. The Chargers laid down an ultimatum that said, you know, we're not going to continue negotiating this. You either come back and play for your contract, or you can sit out. Because I don't think there's going to be any team that is going to be willing to give up a top two, or a second, or a third round draft pick because then you still have to pay him Correct. as well. Yep. Because otherwise, what's the point of the trade? And so. I don't, I, and I don't blame either side for this. If Gordon, if he decides that's what his value is, is worth by way of his agent, good for him. Get the money while you can. But at the same time, you got to be prepared to reap the, the the consequences of this and sitting out and not making anything, right? And not having a team to go to. And then if there's a down on their luck team who has a bunch of salary cap space said we need a running back and we're fine with the pick and you stink for the next two or three years and you're going to complain about the fact that your team isn't going anywhere well you kind of put this whole thing in motion for sure so I don't understand anybody who's going to complain about this going forward well and I thought it was kind of funny I I had heard some local guys and I think there was even an article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel about the prospect of the Packers trading for Gordon and I mean it if you know anything about the Packers and the way they do business, it's pretty laughable to even happening. suggest no. that. Um, they're not going to pay a running back ten plus million dollars a year, and they're also not going to give up draft capital no. to get a twenty six seven year old guy who's already got five hundred carries on his on no. his body. Nope. Um, it sounds it sounds great in theory. Well, of course, bring it does. bring bring home the bring local kid and yes. and have him you know put him with Rogers but and away not, you go. But no, it's not. Anybody who actually thought that that was a possibility has not been paying attention. No, exactly. Um, Sunday night game is a good one. We got the uh, Steelers at the Patriots. Okay, um, be interesting to see how uh, the the Steelers move on now without Bell, mm-hmm. without Antonio Brown. Um, is Tom Brady going to finally act his age? I mean, I the podcast that I normally listen to in the morning while I'm prepping everything. You know, you you can't. Everybody's waiting to bet on that season where he's not what he was. And how do you know when to pull the trigger on that? Because every time you second-guess him, he proves you wrong. The, he he is the NFL's version of Tim Duncan, and the Patriots are the Spurs. For 10 years, everybody was writing off the Spurs. Ah, oh, they're too old. Ah, oh, they're too old. Ah, oh, Tim Duncan's washed up. And they just kept winning 60 games, making the finals, winning titles. And you're like, how is this happening? So until but, he actually shows you yeah. the fact that he can't do until what he's he been walks doing, off the field and for the last time and waves his hand, can't bet against he him. Can't really bet against him. Do I you mean, think he hangs it up when he's had one mediocre to below average season? Yes. You think he says, "If I know I can't play at a high level anymore," or do you think he says, "This is just a fluke. I know I can come back better." Well, I think he really, really wants to play until he's forty-five, and I think he's forty-two now. Okay, I think that's a big deal to him. For the he's he's kind Tom Brady's a weird dude. He's got he's got like that body by Tom and and all this weird stuff that he does off the field. So I think for that and for his brand, I think it's very important to him to make it to forty five as like a benchmark. But you know, a bad season by him, uh, a six and ten non playoff Patriots season. 
Um, you know, I mean, Belichick's not going to coach forever. He could say he could win another Super Bowl and, and be like, ah, I'm done. I just want to go fishing with Jimmy Johnson every day now. You do you really think the competitive fight like he's gonna have to find something to do? How would you like to be the fa- the uh, be the high well, maybe, school? Maybe I mean maybe he could come on and he could do uh, analysis for post game on Fox do you or think something. Anybody's gonna throw money at him, expecting that to be a wise idea. Uh, but I mean, like I, he seems like the dude who will hang it up for a couple years and then go coach high school football. Yeah, yeah. J- just because he needs he's something, a junkie. right? Mm-hmm. He needs some film to watch. He needs to break down something. He needs to scheme for something. Yeah, you know, instead of just figuring out how how he can get through the grocery store in the fastest amount of time or something, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah, Tom, that's true. Tom Brady, forty-two, by the way. Good job. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that'll be that's always um that's a pretty good rivalry has been for the last 10 15 years and uh um that'll be a fun one to wrap yeah. up Sunday night. And then uh we got the double header Monday night week week 1 Monday night so thing. So the the first game starts at like 4:30 yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I, the one of the one of the games is junk. I didn't even put it down. The other one is uh Texans at Saints. So that'll be uh an interesting one. Wait, Texans kind of revamped themselves over there. the weekend, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. And then the Dolphins, I mean, I saw what what do the what do the Dolphins have now? They have two first round picks, two second round picks, and two third round picks for the next like two or three seasons or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So basically, if you're a Dolphins fan, sorry for the next two or three years, don't count on anything. And I don't know that they were to begin with. Right. Um, well, and it's not good for me because I two of my fantasy running backs are Kenyon Drake and Kalen Ballage and. They just ship Laramie Tunsil out of town Best for offensive for, a, lineman. for a bag of chips. Yep. So uh, that's that's not great, but um, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of where we're at for week one right. on uh, on kind of some of the some of the big games that are coming. Um, I kind of wrote down. I, you. I put in you, you, once you again. Your, you have your Kornheiser yeah, legal yeah, pad out here. I do. I do. I, I got my yellow legal pad out. <laughs> I, I spent way too much time on this one night when I was bored. Um, I went through. I looked at. A lot of the top teams' schedules, you know, because it's real easy to look at. You you go, oh, the Bears are going to go twelve and four. Well, it's like, well, not if you look at their schedule, right? You know, if like you said, you get this four game stretch of three road games, a Thursday night game, and a Sunday night game, and all of a sudden you're like, God, if they went two and two, you'd feel pretty good, right? Yep. So that's kind of where I I fell with okay. some of these. Um, we'll start in the AFC. Um, I'll give you my four division winners. Okay. Uh, I got the Patriots in the East. Uh, I got the the Steelers in the north, Houston in the south, and Kansas City in the west. All right, making the playoffs otherwise for wild Making cards. my players otherwise, and I guess I hadn't updated this since Luck quit, so that's going to cross them off as one of my <laughs> wild cards. Second. I did. I had him as a wild card. In the division? Okay. So my wild cards, I got uh, the Chargers would be the fifth seed, and I got Cleveland sneaking in at number six. Oh, so you have them going in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just uh, – Rough year for Gruden before Vegas, I see. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm not a I'm not a believer in in that team. See, I think they picked up Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, well Kaiser Soze. I can't wait till Derek Carr gets hurt and Soze just throws it up for grabs with his five foot eight receiver Antonio well, they got, Brown. They got four quarterbacks. He's not even the sh- he might not even be the for sure backup. I know. Isn't that crazy? I don't know what's going on there, but so uh, yeah. So All I right. mean, you know, the East. It's the Patriots to lose. Yes. I mean, obviously, like you just said, Miami's going to stink. The other two teams are Buffalo and the Jets. No. Not much there. There's been some – I've heard some things about Baltimore. People like that team. I don't trust Lamar Jackson. No. 
I just don't I mean, yeah, know. Maybe in the regular season, but then you saw what he could what in the playoffs, and everybody's like, yeah, we saw this. But at some point, you got to be able to throw the ball down the field. That's what I mean. You know? Yeah. And I just. But in the regular season, that seems to somehow not matter. Yeah. But then he got to the playoffs, and everybody like, oh, you can't throw. Right. We'll stack and we'll spy, and we're going to beat you because you can't outrun us. Right. The one team in the AFC that I'm I'm questionable on, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs. I wouldn't be shocked if they were really bad is Denver. Okay. Um, solid defense, decent skill position players, but they got Flacco. Do you get is 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 he done, or has he got a little bit of something left well, where maybe up all their money? You know, maybe he can give you bring a couple wins out of you. Um, but those are my six teams okay. in the AFC. All right, who do you got for the NFC? NFC uh, in the East, I got the Eagles uh, winning the division. In the North, I got the Bears slightly ahead of uh, the Packers. Uh, Saints in the South, Rams in the West, and my wild cards are the Cowboys because I don't think Elliott's going to miss more than a game or two. Don't you? I don't. Okay. And uh, I got the Packers sneaking in at number six. Um, I, I have them at nine and seven with Atlanta and Carolina, but um, I'm just assuming that some tiebreakers and whatever will go their way, and the sure. Packers would would sneak in okay. as number six. So that's kind of that's where I'm sitting for. Okay. For my six, what do you, uh, I, I haven't prepped any of this yeah. whatsoever. Um, I can't disagree with really any of your calls in the AFC, and I, I would have liked Indy to at least have been 500, if, a, if not a little bit better. I don't see the Titans getting to 500. Um, obviously, the West, to me, as far as top three, is probably your best division. Yeah. Um, because, like if you said, if Denver does, does anything, that, that could be a, a pretty good Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos melee for the top. Well, and you know how these this this will go with some of these divisions where it's like the Jets are no good, but they're going to beat Miami twice and right. they're going to beat Buffalo once. So, so you've got four, it's like if you can win three, three or four wins. Yeah, right you win three or four more games, all yeah. of a sudden you're in the mix. Right. Who knows? Um yeah, I I think the garbage dump of the of the of the class is either the east um oh, yeah. or the south. So I think, I mean, I think the Texans, even though they revamped and they lost Clowney and they got a couple of other guys, I think they could even win maybe 11 games. I haven't looked at their schedule, 11 or 12, and I'm not sure anybody else is even possibly going to get to 500, and that kind of mirrors the East with what the Patriots are going to do. Right. Um, I think the North will beat beat itself up. You know, that, those two North divisions in the AFC or NFC kind of similar. They are. With, with how they, Cold they usually weather, stack up. Physical. Yep. And 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 you like you're not surprised, but you kind of are if somebody beats somebody on on the opposing team's turf. And we are going to get a resurgence of the the uh, craptastic Bengals that we got when we were kids, where they are going to be terrible this year. I mean, AJ Green's their best guy. He's already out to like yep. week nine, and he's old anyway. And uh, we're almost we're in like year nine of the Andy Dalton experiment, and I just think that. He's proven once and for all that gingers can't be can't be quarterbacks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so that's my story. Right. I'm sticking to it on them. For the NFC, um, man, the Eagles. That's a lot of games for a 13 and three. I'm not even sure Dallas can get to double digits. People seem to like this this Jones kid from the Giants, but I'm not sure there's anything else behind him but a running back. Um, skins are going to be terrible, as you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, on the north. 
Yeah, I, I, I like the Bears to get to at least double-digit wins. I'd be happy this year if the Packers can get to 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, yeah. just because you don't know anything. The Vikings... That's another mystery there. Who's going to show up? Right. Um, they could, if the Vikings won the North, I would not be surprised. Okay. Just based on their talent level, right. you know. Uh, the Lions, I'm not even sure are going to get to five. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> South, I think. I think you got you got the Saints ruling there. I like that. That's a that's going to be a tough division with the Falcons and the Panthers. There, nobody's doing anything in Tampa Bay. They'll beat a couple teams though. Bruce Arians, Bucks. Bruce Arians coming in. They're going to chuck it around. You know, they're going to have a couple of games that they win. They have no defense. Mm-hmm. That's why I had them at 5-11, and 11, but they'll surprise a couple. They're one of those teams that will win, like, they'll start out like 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. You know how that will happen every year. There's yep. one or two teams, and you're like, how are, how are they 3-1? and one? But you look at who they played. Sure. They played Washington and Detroit, and it's like, oh, well, that makes a little sense. The West, I, I, I think it's hilarious that the Rams can still probably go 12-4 and four and not get anything but the three seed. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, Seahawks, I'm really curious to see what happens there, how big of an asset uh, Clowney is and what Wilson can do up there. Um, but it's it's weird just looking at yours and all the 9-7 and seven teams like you had mentioned with the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Seahawks, and none of them get into the postseason. Yeah. Um, but then you look across at the AFC and you see how many under 500 records. I mean, it's embarrassing. Well, and the AFC is very top-heavy. There's just not a lot of depth. I mean, right. there's just a lot of... You know, like you say, there's three teams in the East that stink. There's there's three teams in the South that stink. Um, there's one team for sure in the North in Cincinnati who stinks. So there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity for the the top guys to kind of fatten up their records a little bit. Where I think in the NFC there's a lot more balance. Um, you know, even a team like San Francisco. I mean, we don't really know what they are. Is right. with Garoppolo. I mean, coming off that knee injury. Um, he hasn't looked good so far. No, nope. but that's kind of a that's almost a two year deal with these quarterbacks. I mean, you look at the history of guys that have blown their knee out. It's very rare that they come back the next year and are are the same are, guy or tip top. So yeah. you know, you never know. Well, I'm looking at the Packers schedule right now, and there's not really that that murderer's row set of games. Like the the toughest stretch is right before the bye week when they go to Kansas City, they go to L.A. to face the Chargers, and then they're home against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Now, that Panthers game could be a toss-up depending on on how well they do against Cam. But after that, you're, you're at the Niners and at the Giants. Two garbage teams, but you still have to play on the road. Then you're home against the Skins. That should be three straight wins there if everything's clicking, coming out of your bye week. Right. Then you get the Bears at home before you have to end at Minnesota and at Detroit. Those are two tough games to end the season, especially if you're going to be within striking distance of the division. But, you know, they, they end with with three the three division opponents. They start with the two division opponents, and then at least you get the Eagles at home after the Broncos. That at-Dallas game could be kind of tough as well. So those two NFC East games in week four and week five, home against Philly and at Dallas, that could be tough before you get the Lions and the Raiders at home. So it, to me, it's a very hilly schedule. Sure. You, you, you start up tough, you kind of go down a little bit of a blip, you go way up, you go down, then you go up into the bye, you start down, and then you go up to end the season. So, I mean, th- this, could be a, th- this could be a real kind of a – if you pardon the, the Noah's Ark wave pool type of a season where you get you go over one and you wait for the next one. So you got to win your games when when that lull is there. Um, but I don't see any reason why they couldn't win eight, nine, 
even 10 games um, if they can squeak some in the division. Yeah, and I think for the Packers, I think week one is less important than it is for the Bears in terms of win-losses. Completely, because it's on the road, and it's the team that won the division last year. Yeah, if they could pull that one out, that would be a huge win for the Packers. If the Bears can win that one, you know, they follow that up, they go to Denver, and they go to uh, Washington, you could be looking at a 3-0 start. Uh, for the Bears, they really have one rough spot in their schedule. It comes at the same time as last year. It comes around Thanksgiving. They got three games in like 10 days. Uh, they got the Giants at home on the 24th, turn around four days later and play at the Lions. And, uh, you know, those those Thanksgiving games are fun, but they kind of screw your team up a little bit. Um, and then following that, they got to go play the the Cowboys and the Packers. Well, so, then they're at the Rams the week before the Giants. They're at the Rams the week before the so Giants. That, that so, actually starts. That's that's a tough yep. four or five game swing, and then they get the Chiefs. You got the Packers at Green Bay, home for the Chiefs, and at Minnesota to end the season. Ooh. That's that's a brutal stretch there. So yeah, the last six looks fairly challenging. Yeah, so um, that's right. why I looked at it and I thought, yeah, ten wins might might win that division this that, year. That looks like a first place schedule. Yeah. Really does. Absolutely. All right. Where do you want to go from here? Well, my Super Bowl pick. Um, <laughs> I I, oh. I had a little. I drew up a little bracket. Yep. Um, I'm going with the Andy Reid Bowl. Okay. Uh, KC against Philly, mm-hmm. and I have KC winning Ooh. the title this year. You had some second thoughts in in, in who was winning the NFC Championship. I did. I I, I had the Saints, but I kind of thought about it, and uh, I liked their team, but. Those last two years, those losses they've had in the playoffs, the one up in Minnesota and the miracle Hail oh, Mary, yeah. and then the one last year against the Rams, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, it's rare that you see teams in sports that can recover from that and end up winning a title. Mm. It's just there's such gut punches, and Breeze struggled at the end of the year, and another guy playing into his 40s. Um, I think they're going to win games. I think they're going to make the playoffs, but... I don't know. Be tough to beat Philly. All right. What about you? Like, what do you oh, got? I, like, it's like like you have the the divisions and stuff. I'm I'm not prepared. I haven't looked at anything. I've just paid attention to the, some of the news and whatnot. Um, I'm not. I, I don't know whether I can get get behind Philly coming out of the NFC. Um, I mean, I really like New Orleans, and as much as I really like the the Bears, I just can't go there. And I think maybe the the shine has worn off the Rams just a little bit. Yeah, that Super Bowl was ugly. Yeah. That was really ugly. Yeah, so, I mean, now does that mean they're going to take a step forward and they're ready for bigger and better things? I don't know. Um, but I'm just looking at all the playoff teams that you have marked down here. I just don't get the warm and fuzzies from any of them. Right. I mean, I'm not. I, are you going to force me to make a pick? you got to make one. Won't hold you to it. No, nothing. I picked the there's Falcons no stakes. To, picked the Falcons to go far last year, yeah. and they were they were absolutely terrible. Um, why don't we go? Yeah, sure. Why not? I, I'm I'm gonna bet against him until he doesn't do anything. So I'm gonna go with the Saints and the Patriots. Okay, that's, that's that, all right. That's where I'm gonna go. I like it different than me. So yep. when uh when I'm right and you're wrong, absolutely, I get to kick you right in the teeth. Have at it. So uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, right, that's we, that's a that's did, a good... We did a lot on football. That's a good run on chewed, football. Chewed up a, about a half an hour or so. Let's just touch on the Brewers quick. There's we not a lot. To. Yeah, well, they're, they're kind of forcing us to. They're kind I, of hanging around. I proclaim them dead in the water. I've proclaimed them dead for two months. Well, I, I, I officially put that out to anybody who was listening on the radio last week. So that would be, in most people's um, view, that would be a good bet on reverse psychology for them to do something 
uh, incredible and go on a huge run here, but I, I just don't. But, I mean, if the Cubs can't score yeah. against that pitching staff, I know. I'd, then maybe some other teams can't. I don't know. So the Brewers are going into today. They're playing uh, Houston as we speak right now. The Brewers were 70-66, and 66, six games back in the Central behind the Cardinals. Uh, three games back of the second wild card, which is the Cubs right now, and in, yep. in the in the last week, uh, one and two against St. Louis, two and one against the Cubs. Um, I was a little surprised to see them take two out of three against the Cubs. To be honest yeah. with you, especially after the first game, um, but you know the Cubs bats going ice cold and not scoring for two days. I mean, that was uh, shocking to say the well, least. Yeah. Yeah, considering that was, I mean, that's a lineup that's supposed to be able to mash at any time. Yeah. But you, but you can't do anything against that bag of bums. I mean, I was listening to Euchre and um, and Levering talk today, and he said, you know, for the rest of the year, you might be looking at maybe four to five innings is all you're really going to hope for from your starters going forward. Oh, yeah. No that's question. Like, like, if you can get 12 outs, you're a success. They've got, like, 20 pitchers now on the roster, and you know Council's just itching to use every single one of them. <laughs> that guy, no, no, nobody loves pitching changes more than the Brewers. Well, now that Tony LaRusse is out Jesus. Of, of the league, absolutely. Um, in an equally shocking development, uh, woke up, yeah, was it yesterday morning, I yeah, believe? I so. And uh, my boy Jeremy Jeffress was, uh, was DFA'd. Fired off a couple tweets there, which I completely <laughs> agree with. Yeah, I got a little pushback from uh, from a couple people on that. Um, you know, uh, up Twitter here. Just well, they not not necessarily through oh, Twitter, okay, just through, right. through some texting. Um, I'm not surprised that Jeffers had a had a rough year. I'm not surprised Knebel got hurt. I'm not surprised that Josh Hader has had his ups and downs this year. Um, when you pitch as much as those guys did last year, and not only the amount of appearances, but the situations and the stress levels. Uh, that these guys pitched in, um, you know, that's going to happen. Jeremy Jeffers last year had a career-high 74 appearances in the regular season. And, uh, well, let me find it here nope. real quick. Go ahead. He, uh, so and he we, pitched in um, so where we eight playoff interim. games. Okay. He pitched in eight playoff yep. games. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 82 appearances last year for a guy, and he wasn't exactly pitching in situations where – they were up nine in the seventh inning. He was coming in in tie games or one-run games oh, with guys sure. on base, yep. um, and he had to get those outs. And, um, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out for him this year. I, I had a feeling I had just happened the other day to look. I was looking at some of the, the projected salaries and who the Brewers have on the books going forward. Okay. And I had seen that he had a $4.5 million team option for next year. Okay. And it was weird. I just happened to look at that Friday night, and I thought to myself, "There's no way they're going to extra. They're not going to pay him four million bucks next year." Um, and that was a little bit a part of the rationale of releasing him. Now he's he's um, got a little bit of a hip issue right now, yep. so he hadn't been pitching. Um, so by letting him go now, they they Stearns came out and said they weren't going to pick up that option mm-hmm. anyway. Um, you know. Maybe there's a small chance they bring him back next year on a, on a lower rate. I don't know. He's been very outspoken about how much he loves Milwaukee, and they really, I mean, when he's when he's been a brewer, he's been good. When he hasn't been a brewer, he's stunk. So um, sad to see him go. Yeah. Um, you know, Chassin, who got released a couple weeks ago, he's already been picked up by the Red Sox. Somebody will pick him up. I mean, 
You I, would I, think so. I don't think he'll stay unemployed. If, if he's if he's healthy. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, but, you know, uh, it's one of those things. Um, that's baseball. That's pro sports. Yep. Guys come and go. Um, he was kind of a fan favorite. Uh, he was a favorite of mine. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens well, with had, the bullpen going forward. Good, good setup thing going for the seventh, eighth and nine innings, mm-hmm. you know, last year. And, and, and you could tell six, seventh, eighth, if you threw Burns in there, yeah. you know, I mean, you could tell who was going to come in to do what job. And, and you were, you were confident that those guys were always going to get the job done before, you know, going to your closer. So it's like, and, and Jeffers is one of those key cog guys, but I mean, now it's, it's just one of those things where it's. Sorry, we can't use you anymore, and your contract is not friendly for us well, and it's, for, for what you're going to do. It's a little concerning to me that with the roster expanding, we have not seen Corbin Burns back on the big league team. That's concerning. Um, I'm not sure if that's an issue of um, – I know that the AAA team is in the playoffs. Okay. So I'm not sure if there's an issue of they want him to be around Keeping for that, to, to keep him to – to pitch in those kind of games, and maybe you can still bring him up in a week or two. I don't know. Um, but the fact that he was so instrumental last year down the stretch for them, and he's basically been a non-entity all year, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't I don't know what to make of that going forward. But you got me. So we got the two games today and tomorrow against Houston at yep. home, and then we've got day the off. day off and a big four-gamer at home against the Cubs this weekend. Boy, how the, how's that Thursday shaping up? Which one are you going to watch? Are you going to have two TVs right next to each other? No, I'll be watching the football game. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, that's why they got that that last that last Called channel recall? button. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'll be flicking on okay. that. But no, for the most part, I'll probably be watching football um, just because there will be three more Brewer Cub games after that this weekend. Well, and realistically, I guess it depends what it looks like after Wednesday. I mean, if Milwaukee has that success against Chicago, like it did in Chicago, maybe you're now climbing up there in contention for that second wild card spot. I yeah. mean, are they dead in the water or are we going to have to wait a couple of days to know that if, I mean, I mean, the Cubs won today. You're chasing the Cubs, but you still got to jump Philly. Yeah. And you still got the Mets right on your heels. So, you know, obviously head-to-head with the Cubs means a ton, mm-hmm. but um, you, you kind of got to get a little help from some of these other teams. I don't think anybody's going to catch the Nationals for the for the first wild card. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I think all these teams are fodder for the Dodgers anyways. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of a moot point. Okay. I, I just, you know, they're, they're, they're awful loaded. They've been playing well all year. They spent an ass load of money on, on their pitching staff and on their roster. Um, I think, you know, Atlanta's good. But they're awful young still. Um, but I don't know. It'll be it'll be it'll be a fun last month. And it's not as it's not. I'm not as excited as I was well, last year. No, obviously, because of the way the season is and gone. It, if one more person tells me, well, you know, they were five and a half games back last year, and they still made the playoffs. Same. It's spot, not the same, same know, it's not. team. It's not. The Cardinals are playing better right now than the Cubs were at the same time last year. It's not the same situation. I would just like it for the sake of the park and for the sake of the team to stay in it to keep drawing people because the moment they are eliminated or basically everybody collectively says they're done, I don't like that place looking like a ghost town, and I don't think anybody does Mm -hmm. for teams that are competitive and are still above 500 and playing okay. They just, by virtue of everybody uh, above them, they can't go anywhere. Right. So I would like for them to still draw some people to have good atmospheres, you know, because it's the, the sooner 
from the end of the season, you basically make the place a ghost town. It's just really depressing. It is. Especially since how since how last year turned out. Well, and I don't really want to have I want them to get to three million people. I don't want to have to right. listen to the excuse of, of a money issue next next winter when like, they dude, you do or don't do something. People, so right. And I and geez and I remember when they turned in into that ballpark and the and the target was two million. Yeah. Now we're talking three million. Yeah. So I mean it's impressive. I, it's it clearly shows how Far the team has come, but when you're one game out of the World Series and then you show up with this dumpster fire, yeah. Well, I mean that's that's why when I see on Twitter and Facebook these stupid ass Cub fans that talk about how fair weather the Brewer fans are, it's like, dude, there's gonna they're gonna draw three million people this year to uh, the smallest market in professional sports. There is nothing fair weather about that. No, sorry to nope, break it to you. Absolutely not. Well, you got anything on the Badgers? I wasn't able to watch the game, obviously, because I was uh, watching the Craig Parker football game um, down at Monterey. But I was I was monitoring, and it, it clearly I didn't miss anything with forty nine to nothing. And I don't know for people that did watch whether the offense and the defense look really good or South Florida has started this year the way they ended last year because yeah. now they've lost seven in a row. It was I think it was. As much of that as it was the Badgers. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is a stud. He's going to be in the Heisman conversation. Um, Badger fans should enjoy him this year because he's going to be playing on Sundays next year. Two rushing and two receiving. Yeah. Touchdowns. He's an impressive. Um, He might end up being the best back they've ever had there. It's going to be in the the mix for sure. And it has nothing to do with productivity, but who's the best? Yep. I mean, they had had, uh, Amici up there, Dane. Gordon and Taylor, and the last three were right around the twenty to thirty percent, and it was pretty evenly divided. I'll tell you, the guy that gets forgotten, and he only played one year, Brian Calhoun. Oh, for sure, that dude was a stud. Yes, he was. He was a stud. I and, watched and, him in high school at Oak Creek. Yeah, I yeah. mean, when, when he came to came, when he they came, came to, to Craig Monterey, and played, uh, I believe playoffs. my senior year, yes. I think. Yep. Yeah, I was, there. I, was I, I was watching. It was yeah. No, you're right. Absolutely, Anthony Davis. Yes. Probably be in that conversation. He had a pretty good NFL career too, but uh, but that's neither here nor there. So PJ, what was PJ Hill? No, no, no. no. Um, he was he was first team all buffet line. <laughs> <laughs> there was no question. He was first team all buffet. He was murdering some Ian's pizza Yo, up in Madison. Coach, when do we get our meal plan? Man. <laughs> They're like, you're not a lineman, dude. You're not a lineman. First team all meal plan. We got to use that one somehow in a game this winter. That's great. Uh, um, but back to the Badgers. I think everybody was most curious about the quarterback position, and and you had texted me, and I know um, uh, my cousin Michael had texted me. It's just Cone. You know, are you happy with him being a Scott Tolzien, a John Stocko, somebody who's not going to kill you? but nobody who's going to light you up and you're always worried that he's going to throw for 400 yards and six touchdowns. Right. You know, if if you're fine with another guy that's just a typical Wisconsin quarterback who's not going to crush you but is going to be efficient enough either to keep you in a big game but not necessarily win it for you, then this seems like another one of your guys. Well, and I'll tell you what, it was. Uh, this may be controversial, but it was really nice to see Cephas back on the field. And I'll tell you what, he's damn good. Yeah. And he helps that receiving core out he was, massively. He was good when he left. And he he's was, a he hell of a guy. He's a hell of a blocker at the wide receiver position. Well, he's probably pissed now. Yeah. 
He's got to go out and, and, you know, improve his stock if he wants to do anything going forward, and he's lost a lot of time. So I, I think if, no question if there's anybody that's as motivated on the team, it's going to be that guy. For sure. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to get to see the Central Michigan game. You're not going to be able to tell anything about that anyway. No. But the Badgers have five straight home games. Um, starting this week with Central Michigan, and they jump right into the Big Ten. They got, I think, Kent State mixed in there, but then they got Michigan right away. Northwestern, um, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that's going to be the start of the season really is in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know, against Michigan. So I will I will reserve my judgment there. Um, Mi- Michigan had, had a little bit with, with Middle Tennessee, but it wasn't for long. Um, Ohio State looked really good, and that Fields kid um, – it's it's funny. I told a couple of people who have never watched this QB1 series on Netflix. Um, the Tate Martell kid who was featured on the first series, he originally went uh, to Ohio State. He lost out on the starting job, so he went down to Miami, and then he lost out of the starting job there. Fields committed to Georgia, wasn't going to get ahead of Fromm, who was also on the first season, so he went to Ohio State, and now he's lighting it up for the head coach there. Um, which is really interesting. If you haven't seen that that QB one, it's it's a pretty good hmm. high school following some of those quarterbacks. Have you watched it? Yet? I have not. It's it. I, I think you might like it. Um, it. It's pretty good. I just finished the second season, um, and I'm a year uh, um, a year behind. But so no, it's just like anything else. It's too early to tell. I mean, clearly South Florida is not the measuring stick that you need it to be. Central Michigan is not going to no. be the measuring stick that you need it to be. Um, Michigan at home, I think that'll be that'll be a Donnybrook man. And I think. That's an 11 a.m. kickoff, Ooh. which seems ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I It'd be think, a late arriving student section. I think that would be a possible good atmosphere early season matchup for game day. Yeah, you would think they would bump that back to 2.30. That's what I, as soon as I yeah. saw the early kickoff on the schedule, I was like, are you out of your mind? But if they're going to change it, they have, I think, today and tomorrow to do it. Well, I suppose it depends on who Alabama or somebody else is playing somebody that day. Somebody in the SEC, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, votes out on that for me as far as, as far as Bucky goes. Well, we talked a little bit about this. Um, I, I saw the other day that a study has come out, um, and I thought it would be something good for us to just comment on since we're so involved with the local high school stuff here, you, so, you more so than me. Um, but the uh, – there's a study that came out that said attendance and participation across the board in, in America is down for high school sports. Um, first time in 30 years. Yeah, first time in 30 years. And there's been some talk about that. You know, does you know, is it a big deal? Why is it? Um, I don't know. I just thought that, uh, you know, I'd kind of like to get your perspective on that and uh, mm-hmm. and see what you thought. Well, I mean, I read the article and I and, and I kind of put something together for it on the air um, last week, or maybe maybe it was the week before. Because when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, okay." Because now you hear from these coaches, uh, and and it doesn't matter the level that we're, I mean, we're not in a major metropolitan area, but you hear more and more about teams that can't field freshman teams because mm-hmm. not enough kids go out. So you and and you also see a lot of sophomores being elevated to varsity. In football, and then that leaves the sophomore teams with, you know, not a whole lot of numbers. They have to elevate a freshman. Well, sooner or later, you don't have enough freshmen to to field the team. But the one thing that they buried in there, which, you know, the sensationalism that exists nowadays, it's you read the headline, you read the first paragraph, and you cast judgment about what the topic is. If you read a little bit farther down, the year before was the highest participation 
in that whole study. So you've got now at your peak, and now you finally start to go down a tick. So that's a little misleading to me. Sure. So to me, it says, well, last year there were more kids out for sports than ever before, but now all of a sudden they're down sixty to 80,000 and people are going, why aren't people going out for sports? So it, to me, it's a little, just a, a little misleading. It's a little Jekyll and Hyde for me. Sure. Um, but at the same time, you, you look at the numbers and you talk to the coaches and it's like, well, we're clearly seeing it. If if last year was the was the point when um, more kids were out for sports than ever before, then why are we still short on, on the local level? So, I mean, I really don't know what to make of it, but I think you and I have had many, many discussions over the, over the years doing basketball games um, over the last two to three. And it's like, we see kids that aren't into it. We see kids that quit. We see kids that don't really try their hardest. We hear from coaches that, you know, they're not very dedicated. Um, there's, um, I'm not going to say emotional issues attached to it, but it's, you know, kids nowadays are just a little, sometimes a little more softer than they used to be, which is, which puts coaches and administrators in delicate spots. Parents are more involved yes. and opinionated than yes. ever before. So I think there's a variety of factors that, that, that contribute to this study and why kids all of a sudden don't want to go out. Um, but I think we see it more at the local level than than this article talks about because it was just painting a broad brush across high school athletics. Yeah, and um, it's you know I can I can only base it off my own personal experience. But you know when we were in high school twenty years ago, back in the nineties, um, you know we had twenty kids on the basketball team, mm-hmm. and we probably had thirty five to forty that would go out. Uh, last year they didn't even make cuts. Right, so you're talking about a drop off of, and they didn't have 20 kids on the team. They had like 14 or 15. So you're talking about 20 less kids in the entire school going out for a varsity sport. I, and I, I, I wonder, you know, is it a little bit of the softness that you talk about? Is it a little bit of um, people don't want to pe- work? People hard. don't want to work hard. I, I think there's a little bit of, you know, when when we were growing up, it was cool to just be on the team. Yep. You know, there was something about on Friday afternoon at school during the fall, you had your football jersey on and you were walking around proud with your football jersey on and nobody was really worried about how many snaps you were going to play that night. It did, That didn't really matter. You were on the team, you know, and, and uh, for, for the varsity basketball, you know, when we had 20 guys on the team, you could only dress 15 and there would be four or five guys behind the bench wearing their sport jackets. Did they want to be in a uniform? Of course, but it wasn't their turn, and they were fine with that. They were associated uh, with were, the program. They were associated with the program, and, you know, maybe you still get that on the high-level teams. I saw something on Twitter that Sun Prairie has already put out. They have over 25 kids on their active basketball roster right now. Okay, but they also have 2,500 kids in the school. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you're comparing them to a school like a Parker who's got 1,600 kids. You're talking about almost a 1,000-person difference, so it makes sense they would have more kids out for sports. But I don't know if, if it's, if it's you know, if I'm not getting mine, I'm not that interested in, in doing this anymore and, and, and fulfilling, you know, giving my time. I could I could be working. I could be playing my PlayStation, whatever. Um, I don't know. And the other thing is, 
I listened to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he had one this week with Cousin Sal of, of mm-hmm. Jimmy Kimmel fame. They were doing their guests the lines, and every week they have this thing called Parent Corner, and they kind of tell funny stories about their kids. Oh, well, Sal was saying his, his son is a freshman in high school this year, and he wanted to play football. And he basically kind of had to, you know, have it out with his wife to allow the kid to play. And then she told him, you have one, you can have one concussion and then you're done. Well, who, <laughs> who the hell is going to be left to play football if there, if that is the thinking? Because if you start playing football in middle school or even in early high school, by the time you're in 12th grade, you're going to have a concussion. For sure. For sure. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. And if you're going to be of the mind, and I'm not even saying it's wrong of a parent to think this way, but if you're going to say one and done on the concussion thing, who the hell is going to be left to play? Nobody. Nobody. Nope. I mean, I can remember, and I think we, we, we've we talked about this in, in previous posts, um, previous uh, recordings of this. I can distinctly remember, the, and I was never diagnosed, and I ever never went in, I can remember at least two times where I know I got one. You know you got your bell I, rung. I got my bell yep. rung hard enough that I don't think that would have been in you know a situation where it was, you know, oh, I'm fine, no big deal, it's just part of the game. That was, holy shit, did I just get knocked on my ass. The coach says something to you, and you like, just kind of got I'm that good. expression I, like, right. what? I, I just got to stand here for a second, and I'll be all right. Right. You know, that, that kind of thing. And one was even in practice. You know, it wasn't even in the game. So, I mean, it was, that's one of those things. So it's like, well, I have one in practice, whether it's in week one, two, or three. If you want to go by that parent's model, done. Yeah, and then that leads to what is actually even a worse thing, and that is is where you're going to get kids that are going to hide it and not report it. Right, because they want to play. Because they want to play. And, and you get enough of that right now at the college and the pro levels yeah. where it's like, oh, no, yeah. I'm good, I'm yeah. good, I'm good, and they got to they gotta hold on and, and, and sit you down, you know, and do the, and, like, you know, tug on the reins. Right. Stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, it was just something that kind of stood out to me, and I thought, you know, with us being in this as much as we are, it might be something interesting to talk about. So no, and I saw, like I said, I saw that, um, I saw that article, and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna, and not just gonna take the headline and report it. I'm gonna read a little bit deeper, and the fact that, you know, I mean, it, it, it's like anything. Once you get to the top of something, there's nowhere else to go but down. Right. And, and the number was so minuscule that I don't think it was something to completely blow out of proportion. Um, if if there's a trend that continues, because it's been growing for the last 30 years, yeah. I mean, if you go another two or three years where you still see continuous drops, then there might be something to talk about. But, I mean, it's clear we, we see it on this level just, just a little bit more. Well, last thing I want to hit on a high note as we wrap this thing up. Um, did you get a chance to, uh, you probably didn't watch any of the U.S. Open this weekend, the tennis? I didn't get a chance to watch much, no. So uh, I was watching on uh, Saturday night, and oh, uh, Naomi okay. Osaka, who's yep. the number one player in just, the world. Just rolled Coco. Plays Coco yep. Goff, the 15-year-old phenom. And one of the cooler things you'll ever see uh, in sports, after the match, uh, Osaka kind of went over to console yep. Coco Goff. She's and, 15. And she's a 15-year-old kid, and she looks 15. Yes. And she was kind of crying a little bit, and and uh, Osaka brought her over 
and into the post-match interview and kind of gave up some of her own time to Mm -hmm. let Coco talk because the New York crowd was heavily in her favor, which is to be expected. But uh, really cool sportsmanship. Osaka even said something to... Uh, Coco's parents. It, it appeared that they have have trained together yes, in the past. Even though the dad looked really disappointed that his he daughter did. just got he, smashed. Yeah, he did. But you know what? It was a pretty cool moment. Yep. And uh, something that you don't see every day in sports anymore. And uh, yep. it was pretty cool to yep, be to, like to see it live. For me, it was you know it was it got a little dusty in the room. Aww. Yeah, a little, a little well, dusty. Look at you. Yeah. All right. You know. Well, it's happen. good to be back. The intentional foul returns. We've got some time to kill before next week because it's an early game, but we're going to try and roll things on Mondays going forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, that seems to be a good off day when we hit basketball season. Uh, we'll get, you know, some post-football weekend thoughts before the Monday night game hits. We um, Sometimes we just had the problem when we were doing this, if we wait till Wednesday or Thursday, I forget what happened to some of these games on Sundays. Well, not only that, but I'm too busy prepping for a high school <laughs> basketball game or a high school baseball game that it's it's going to be, you know, it's you, you just can't do it. No. So, and, 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 I, and I don't want that to be the case, obviously. So uh, I'm glad we have a little studio. We don't, we don't have to go down, <laughs> downtown nope. a little bit more, and, and I can phone it in if necessary. We're still kind of toying with some technology, or if I can't make it over, we can still do this um so that's good yeah we'll see how it goes and please give us some feedback on this on on you know how it sounds and compared to if you yeah if if you've been listening for a while and have been with us since the beginning how does this sound compared to the other ones do we need to do any tweaking do i need to sit in one room and he needs to sit in the other room or how does this gonna work yeah and as i said last week in my my best bob suterism you know comments questions rude remarks are fully acceptable so I like that. Yeah, let us know. That's good. Let All right. Know. That's the intentional foul for this week. We appreciate you listening. Obviously, uh, you can uh, subscribe wherever podcasts are found. My name is Josh. I'm Dan. We will see you next time. Go Bears. Stop us. <laughs>